enjoying this beautiful hot day <clears throat> again from the Olympic Peninsula in Washington, Washington State. Gentle breeze bringing cool air in this hot day in the quiet, sometimes not so quiet mountains. And just thinking about you know, recent rum, ramblings, rumblings, energies that have been wanting to express themselves and noticing that there's another side of it for me as well, which is what's wanting to come through is, so if our systems aren't working, what do we do? You know, the, spent some time offering reflection about the education system, about how it normalizes kids, about how it standardizes kids about how we um, it creates conformity in a way that has us falling asleep and not able to see the full picture and not able to embrace and dive into love and health and well-being and aliveness and vibrancy and the energy is energies that that are wanting so much to come through our human form and into the world. And so then I think, okay, so what what do we do? And I think of rites of passage, and I think of the old-time rites of passage, and that when young people would turn 16, 17, 18, 19, at exactly the right moment when they were ready, that they would be sent out on a rite of passage. They would be sung beautifully out of the village, out of the tribe, out into the wilderness, out into the beyond on their own to see what to to make the transition from adolescence, from childhood into young adulthood, that they would have to face themselves, that they would have to face the natural world, that it would be an intentional and powerful dance with adversity and the world and that they had to go. But when they went, they weren't expelled. They weren't pushed out. They weren't thrown away. Instead, what they were is they were honored and sung to so that as they were leaving, as they were headed out on their journey, they could hear the resonant singing and support and love and care and well wishes of the whole community that would hold them in song, that would hold them in prayer that would hold them as they made their way out into the world. And so that as they were out there, they could hear or feel or sense because that's the way that it worked. The resonant singing and love and belonging that they had and knowing that they had to get into the trouble of their lives. They had to go get into the right trouble. They had to go out into the world and see, can I make it on my own? Can I survive in this crazy world? Can I, can I trust? Can I know myself? Can I trust myself? Can I be out there and know that I can make my way back? Back to myself, back home, home in self, and home in wherever the tribe, whenever the community, wherever their people may be. 
And so when they did this, it wasn't like all of a sudden on their birthday when they turned the right age or in the right moment, they were like, all right, dude, time or do that. Time to go. Like, you're out of here. Go. Goodbye. See you. Good luck. Like, it just it didn't work that way because they had been training their whole life for this moment. They had been learning, how do I care for a wound? They had been learning, what are the poisonous plants that I need to avoid? What are the ways I can find and forage food? How do I build fire? How do I deal with animals and insects and and temperature and storm and all the possible things that might happen while I'm out there? They had been training, learning, growing, inhabiting all of that their whole life. And so that when they got to this moment, it wasn't like they didn't have any skills to be ready for the world. No, they had been like, they were like in, in, imbued with, they, they were like knowing already the ways of the world, but now it was time for them to test themselves, to head out because they can't stay a kid forever. That's not the way this world works, at least the human form of it. I'd suspect that that's true of trees. They sure, they grow and they mature and they become grand old elders. And when they're young, they're vulnerable. When they're young, they're needing the support, needing some grace of the world that they don't get stomped on or eaten by a passing by deer or moose or whatever it might be. And many don't make it, of course, because they don't have the right amount of sunlight. They don't have the right amount of cover. They don't have whatever it might be that they need to be, survive and become a beautiful tree, elder tree, grown tree, because death, of course, is a part of the natural world just as life is. And that, in fact, what the world knows is that when a tree dies, when an animal dies, when grass dies, when poison ivy dies, when the blackberries die, what they do is they create home, they create nourishment for the soil, for the other trees. They create, they offer in their death life. And so the beautiful circle of life, the beautiful way of being that we can only have death with life and we can only have life with death. There's no other way. Every entity that has ever lived has died except those that are still living. And so here we are thinking, <clears throat> then I head down this road of like, okay, well, our rites of passage in this modern world, in this capitalistic, patriarchal, crazy fucking world that we inhabit right now, that we are working to hospice the death of, I might say, I don't know if we are working, that we are um, have the opportunity to hospice the death of, to be in these apocalyptic, beautiful, regenerative, creative time where there is lots of dynamic pain where there is lots of death and disease and challenges and all this stuff, what is it that our young people need? What is it the training that they need in order to go out into this world, this modern crazy fucking world, and survive, and not only survive, but thrive? So that seems to me to be what education ought to be. 
that that's what elementary school, whatever that means, that's what the education, that's what the learning, that's what the time spent as young people go. I think of Reggio Emilia, the teaching philosophy that the mother of my kids, Marcy, taught for so long. And it's a beautiful idea. It's out of Italy. And the idea is that each kid is unique, that each kid has their own language, that each kid has their own imprint, their own unique way of being in the world, and that the role of the educators is to watch and to listen and to cultivate and to know each kid, to know each kid's trouble, to know each kid's creativity, to know each kid's joy and play and the way that they make their way in the world, the way that they see and hear and love and suffer. And then to offer them sanctuary, to offer them guideposts, ways of deepening, of enhancing, of getting to know themselves, of getting to know so that they know themselves and that they learn to start to trust themselves, their own unique fucking way in the world. Like that's the way that it ought to be. So like knowing, that's one quality of it, right? Is knowing the uniqueness of your journey. And you can go right down the road of just thinking about each of us was born with the unique, just totally unique circumstances. We have the parents that we have. We have the siblings that we have or don't have. We were born in exactly the place that we were with exactly the circumstances that we were born in that are totally, utterly unique to us. The time, the date, the hospital, the location. And even though my kids and me and Marcy were all born in the same hospital, it wasn't the same hospital. Because in that moment that each of us was born, there was different people inhabiting the hospital. There was different energies at work. There was different day. There was different time. There was all the different pieces. And so there were similarities, but so many more differences. So being, learning to be our unique self, knowing the way that we make our way in the world is just a crucial and beautiful expression. It is the opposite of normalizing, of standardizing. And yes, it is radically revolutionary and dangerous for this culture for us to be our unique self because then we, they don't know how to market to us. If we're all the same and all do the same shit in the same ways all the way and we're standardized, it makes it way easier to sell us shit. So our uniqueness is an expression of aliveness and of power, real power. Because then we get to care and love in exactly the way that we do and that we know we belong. Because when we're trying to be something that we aren't, we get all fucked up. Because we know in our soul that we aren't supposed to be like everybody else. We know we aren't supposed to do things and feel things in exactly the same way as everyone else. What we know is that we are each unique, beautiful beings in the world. And so when the adults around are able to hear and listen and see with the ears and the eyes of their heart and see our young people and help them become the beautiful fucking entities that they are, amazing, amazing things start to happen. 
because Zen, we're inhabiting ourselves in a wholly different way than trying to force and trying to be at odds with ourself. It's that when we're at odds with ourself that we start reaching for all of the weird things that try to numb and try to dis- disassociate us from ourselves and from the world and keep us separate from the world and separate from ourselves. Can't be separate from ourselves. We gotta be ourselves. So the uniqueness is crucial, like finding the unique imprint, the unique way, the unique story, the unique song, the unique dance, the unique move, the unique, just the the beautiful way that we be with the body that we have, because we can't change our body. I mean, in this crazy fucking world, we can try and have surgery and do all kinds of crazy things, but we get this body to inhabit and it's ours and it's ours because it's ours. And so loving our body, that's another way of doing this whole thing of what are the skills that we need as we head out into the world of knowing our bodies and of treating them like the sanctuary, the temples that they are by training and taking good care of them, drinking water, getting good sleep, eating healthy, vibrant, alive, nourishing, whole foods, taking good care, being willing to not eat the crap, but eating good stuff, nourishing ourselves. And then, of course, taking good care of exercising, of being fit, of being able and willing to inhabit, to walk, to run, to dance, to laugh, to cartwheel, to play hockey, to skateboard, to bike, to hike, to swim, to frolic, to be intimate and sexual, to play with ourselves, to know what it feels like to masturbate and to pleasure ourselves and then others. Yes, and even at a young age, right? That that can come online and what we can do is beautifully, wonderfully start to know what it is to be in connection with other people, to touch to feel, to hold hands, to kiss. You know, and even before all the sexuality, whatever that means, comes on board, we can be in contact with each other to massage and to touch and to hug and to hold and to cry and to feel each other and then to feel ourselves. And then as we do get to that pubescent time when all of the desire comes online instead of shaming and making it weird how about we celebrate it how about we enjoy it how about we support our young people to know that making love to the world making love to each other to self is beautiful like what a beautiful fucking thing but we have it so backwards where we shame it and make it weird and make it bizarre for us to touch ourselves and to touch others and that we should be ashamed and that we should have all kinds of weird stuff around it all. And so then we should also, so that's another quality of all of that. So it's finding and being and embracing and trusting, knowing and trusting our unique self. And then there's the taking care of the temple that is our body on all levels in terms of health and nutrition, in terms of fitness and exercise, in terms of touch, sexuality, intimacy. And it's not about just going and having intercourse, 
that is just a gross, not gross, but like just gross. Um, how do I say that? Um, inaccurate way of being together. Like it's beautiful to actually have intercourse, but there's so much important, delicious territory before that, that our young people can be exploring, ought to be exploring, enjoying the sensuality of touch, of slow, cool, meaningful touch, the playfulness of dancing, of asking people out, of dancing with them, of all of the feelings of getting rejected, of the anticipation of holding hands, of wondering about the first kiss, of feeling all those juicy, delicious, wonderful feelings. Why are they weird? Why do we do it alone? Let's do it together. Let's have friends and connections. So there's another piece that we'll add is knowing and how to connect, knowing how to talk, to share, to listen to ourself, to our people, to our family, how to take care of people. How is it? So connection, connection, connection. And then another thing that comes in is the idea of taking care of our space, of knowing that we aren't entitled to anything, but that when we're living in community, what we do is we spend time taking care of others. We do the dishes because, you know, I was going to say no one likes to do the dishes. I love doing dishes. But taking care, helping people, supporting people, being in a community where we know that each one of us is working to be ourselves, to be alive, to bring ourselves, and that there are things to do in a community, sweeping the floor, washing the car, unloading the dishwasher, doing the dishes, going shopping, making food, being able to nourish and know how to nourish ourselves and our others, being and feeling the joy of gift giving, of doing something for somebody else because it feels good. And to some extent, young people are at a place where they don't have to do quite as much because they are working so hard to be with themselves and there's so much going on in their internal body as it grows. And so that they can get some time to just be where they don't have to be contributing in all of the ways. And it's an important skill to know, for them to know, for them to be able to feel the joyfulness of gift, of giving, of helping, of supporting, and that they're capable of it and that it feels fucking good. And then there's the beautiful territory of discomfort, of really cultivating and learning what it is to be able to sit quietly and be with yourself. That could be meditation or mindfulness or breath work. Has It's related to the exercise and the taking care of your temple, your body, your temple. Being able to sit quietly. Being able to listen to the breeze in the trees. To be able to feel the wind and the coolness of the wind or the heat of the wind or the moisture or the depth of the different textures and temperatures of the air. To know what it feels like to have a relationship with water, this life-giving entity that flows both outside of us and inside of us. To have a relationship with the fire of the sun, the energy that streams down from the sun that gives us life. To know and feel the earth, the different ways that the earth offers its grounded presence. 
And so the appreciation and the connection that we are the elements, all of those elements, air, fire, earth, water, live inside of us. Our bodies are made of them. It's not just outside, it's inside too. And so there's the cultivation of all of that, of knowing the mindfulness and the quiet sitting and the being able to be with self. And then in that is the ability to be in the uncomfortable, adverse moments of life. We have got to get good at adversity. So often we think, oh, we can't say that or shouldn't share that or shouldn't do that because maybe it'll create difficulty for somebody else. And what I would say is, no, we got to step into those moments. You know, asking somebody out, being in a connection, an intimate connection with people what, at whatever age is risky. There are feelings because sometimes they say, I don't want to be with you. Or you make mistakes and you say the wrong thing or you don't know what to do and so you screw it up. And then there's this feeling of like, oh no, shouldn't have done that or whatever that might be. But you got to risk, you got to step into those moments and risk the discomfort and then be able to be with it. Be able to be with the discomfort, the adverse feelings. As I was sharing in an earlier podcast, I was talking about today and this feeling of tenderness that I am experiencing of all these beautiful connections that I've made and today I'm alone. And I've made some mistakes and I've violated some people's trust in a way that doesn't feel so good. And so I'm sitting with the fear, I'm sitting with the discomfort of having made those mistakes and of feeling and wondering in my vulnerability that I make too big of a mistake. And in my rational brain and my heart, I know I did not. That my people are there. And the reason that they're speaking and offering me reflections about my actions is because they care about me, not because they're wanting to dismiss. But it's tricky and it feels deep. And we got to be able to be in the adversity of those moments. Got to be willing to feel and be uncomfortable Because I'm telling you, if you want to avoid discomfort by numbing with food or video games or Instagram or whatever the fuck it is, substances, spirits, trying to fill ourselves with spirits, it's not going to work. It flat out does not work. Cannot avoid the hard stuff. And in this world that we live in now, in this patriarchal, capitalist, crazy-ass world, Things are not going to be getting easier. The climate is rumbling. The heat is coming. The cold is coming. The storms are coming. We have this whole relationship with water and soil and carbon that is really messy. We have really, really gotten ourselves into an interesting place. And things aren't going to get easier. So if we want to just sit and think we are going to avoid discomfort and avoid difficulty and challenge, well... You can try it. It's not going to work very well. So we have to have our young people be willing to be in the challenges, in the difficulty, in the adversity, and feel it and rummage around and learn to trust and to to know yourself, to trust yourself, to be able to be with yourself in the challenging moments, to reach out to your people and say, hey, I'm hurting. I need help. Hey, I don't know what to do. Hey, I made a mistake. I apologize. Hey, let's work our way through this, through the rupture of what it is to be in relationship with self and other in this beautiful world. 
and that there are ruptures that happen and then we got to be good at the repair because that's relationship, that's connection. So that's what I got this morning. I'm just sitting here thinking about it's actually afternoon, but, you know, somewhere it's morning or evening and evening. And so just really thinking about what is it that we need our young people to have? How do we need to train them and help them be dynamic, beautiful beings that they are in the world? So it seems like those are some of the qualities right there. It seems like those are some of the qualities right there. And there's inclination to want to review them, but you can just listen again. But there they are. Wishing you a beautiful day of adversity and of meaning and of laughter and of joyfulness. The joyfulness is also fucking uncomfortable, just for the record. Maybe more so than the pain. We're good at pain. Sort of. But joy. Laughter. Playfulness. Let's play in those territories too. So wishing you a day full of all of that. Until next time, my friends. Until next time. Enjoy the beyond.